Table Talk is not your typical D&D TTRPG podcast. We are not here to run you through our whole campaign. We're here to talk about everything else in the space of Table Talk. I'm your host, Alejandra Wilhelm. And I'm also your host, Mariah Gresham. And we're your tabletop roleplay girlies. Hey, Table Talk listeners, it's me, your editor, Audrey. Just wanted to take a moment and let you know that we at the Table Talk team are a part of a charity drive for the month of January, raising money for Doctors Without Borders to support the humanitarian crisis in Gaza. This charity, organized by Ryan from Run DMG, has a bunch of your favorite TTRPG creators backing it who are all giving away rewards at different donation levels. From guest spots on your favorite actual plays to custom-made giant D20s and to TTRPG systems and so much more. Your favorite roleplay girlies here at Table Talk are giving away guest spots to come on Table Talk as guests. We are also giving away a hand-painted Minotaur Mini by Alejandra, accompanied with a backstory and plot hook written by Mariah as well. You might also be able to redeem some donations to have Alejandra and Mariah come play at your online game, either together or separately. You might even be able to interview the Table Talk hosts for your own show as well. The charity can be found at the Tiltify link in the description of each episode for the month of January, as well as in the link in bios on all our social medias at Tabletalk RPG. Any level of donation helps and 100% of the proceeds go to Doctors Without Borders. Thank you so much. And now back to the show. Alrighty, and we are live with another episode of Table Talk. Thank you so much for coming back. We've been on a slew and a string of guest episodes, and this is going to be no different. We've back got at it again. back at it again. We've got a beautiful, beautiful human that we had the joy of meeting through PAX. I want to introduce you over to Freedom. You want to give us a little bit about you and where people can find you? Yes, yes. Hey, how's it going, everybody? My name is Freedom Scheid. I am a small TTRPG business owner, and I deal in terrain. 3D terrain, 3D printer, licensed by Printable Scenery, and just here to make 3D terrain more accessible and hopefully one day maybe even more environmentally friendly. Who knows? Ooh, okay. What kind of plans do you have for that? Well, I think for starters, you know, just educating people on how to craft and Mm -hmm. like how to make the most of what you got. I've actually just started a new stream, my first episode airing on the 25th of January, where we will, you know, just be hanging out and painting and chatting, talking tips and all things TTRPG. Heck yeah. Is it just you going on there to paint or are you inviting guests on? So... Right now, I have a co-host, the wonderful Connor Nolan. He is a um, actually a illustrator. Um, his Instagram, I believe, is at Nolan Illustrations. He has worked as a professional artist, like freelance artist for like many TTRPGs and like comics and stuff like that. He's a really talented guy. He's my co-host. And we do plan to have guests in the future. We're sort of working that out now. We just started, we just finished developing our format. And now we're like really getting into like producing content, which is exciting. Yeah, cute. I mean, I do many paintings every once in a while. I don't know if you've know, you been know, known like, to paint. A I've many. been known to paint a mini. Dabble in the dabble in the miniature painting. I dabble in the miniature painting. Yeah, no, mm. I I with the full queer audacity that I do have, I was like, I want to do a mini paint for a friend of mine. 
who tragically is no longer my friend, and I should have taken that back in the divorce of that Truly, of that fallout. Oh no! Because I I decided I was like I'm going to try mini painting for the first time, and what did I try that with? Oh, of course, a Warhammer mini, of course. Of course, Vermin Lord, like mm-hmm. a big boy. Yep, um, yep. And I was like, yeah, this will be the first time that I paint something. <laughs> but in fairness, I feel like painting a bigger mini for the first time is easier is than a, a baby lot. mini. Exactly. Because the itty bitty boys, I'm like, how can you tell what's belt buckle? Like on that man, you know what's belt buckle because he's big. <laughs> you know, big. as someone who's painted both large and small items, each miniature comes with its own little problems that you'll discover. Yeah. You know, sometimes like a big one will be super easy, but like you got to cover a lot of areas. So you're just sitting mm-hmm. there painting the same color. There's a lot of shading and mm-hmm. a lot more of like yeah. material hungry yeah Yeah. and like Um, making sure those little bits are like shaded properly and absolutely throughout the whole thing yeah like his fur is blending like fur and yeah scales are Mm -hmm. scales yeah yeah the you know the highlights are highlighted everything Mm -hmm. it was actually funny just on the show we were talking about the majesty of like the slap chop method where you uh you know Prime it black and then, uh, you know, just bring out the layers slowly and mm-hmm. then like give it like a wash with like a super, super thin down acrylic or like a null oil or like a, mm-hmm. like an army paint shader. And it just like changes everything. Now, I'm a big proponent for like finishing the mini, you know, like putting like a varnish over mm-hmm. the top. Yeah. Because that like really does help preserve the color. And if you're handling it a lot, like it prevents the paint from wiping away. So maybe maybe it. that can be my consolation for the Vermin Lord boy Kill because chip. I did not finish him and I hope yeah. that he just withers away horribly. May his paint may his paint fall off. Because that man does not deserve the, the beauty no. of what I crafted. <laughs> but yeah, no Mini painting is something that like I I got into for that purpose, but then I fell in love with the process of it and I wanted to do more of it. And then I had a friend um, who will really a coworker of mine who is really into Warhammer, Mm -hmm. um, which the Warhammer minis are beautiful. And I've copped many, many a Warhammer mini and been like, I'm just going to use this at my D&D table. Fuck y'all. They're awesome. They're awesome. You know what? so Uh, detailed. A little bit of creativity for anyone who's listening. You know, who's to say you can't just use your run a spell jammer game and have the big bad guys be like a bunch of imperialist space marines? Yeah, you know, totally. You know, why not? You yeah, know, and right. then you could have like a their their general be a disguised devil from the warp, and he you know flies around on the hammerhead ship. No, yeah, fully. I will, with no shame, walk in to my local D and D store or my local tabletop store, and I will look the warhammer men in the eye as I grab one of these babies and I'm yeah, like, he will care. never see the light of a Warhammer game. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. I'll be honest. I, I painted Warhammer when I was young. I loved Chaos Marines. I wanted to get into like Eldar, but I never played one Warhammer game. I just collected them and painted them and talked like nerd shit with my friends. Yeah. You know, I've just watched videos of Henry Cavill painting Warhammer minis. And I feel like that's the closest I'll ever get to but that hobby. And that's close enough for if, me. If Henry Cavill looked me in the eye and was like, I need you to play this game with me. That's, I, I, that's probably the only it. reality yeah. in which you're going to get me at a Warhammer table. <laughs> it's so, if I can also keep all the minis at his house, because I live in an apartment, I don't have space like that. No. Yeah. It's all so the minis, yeah. yeah. I am thankful that I'm not a crunch girly because one, Although, like, all the minis are so beautiful, I, 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 what I am is an aesthetics ass hoe on top of being a creative and loving to paint. So, if I did like Warhammer, 
it would be more of a financial burden than TTRPGs already is in my life, <laughs> in yeah. which I'm throwing money at the hobby. I'm like that, that to me is the equivalent of how I perceive like League of Legends in the video game space. I'm like, yeah. I know if I got into League of Legends, I would drop absurd amounts of money just to look hot. Mm, Honestly, yeah, know? those game I can't play those games either. Like I love League of Legends lore. Like I'm obsessed with it for someone who has never played the game and will never play the game. Mm-hmm. But like the, the lore just slaps. The like, lore does slap. And I have stolen many a many a League of Legends yeah. uh character for my world. Y'all Same. can figure out where I, they're gonna be. Yeah, I, I actually yeah, uh, that's where I came up I have with a friend, Sentinels. I have a friend, really awesome friend of mine. He plays in an Alexandria campaign that I run. His name is Dr. Daniel Rainers. He is he worked he I met him in Philadelphia when uh, my partner was going to med school and um, he is running a League of Legends campaign as we speak. Ooh. Mm-hmm. See, that I can do. Like a tabletop campaign? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's, like, it's like D&D, but like with the League of Legends floor. That's sick. I That's love sick. that. That mm-hmm. I can get behind. Yeah, like yeah. I, I need that. Yeah. Because, because... I don't have micro purchases on, mm-hmm. on seasonal <laughs> Yeah, also just like that style <laughs> of video game doesn't really do it yeah. for me. Yeah, But I like agree. Wolf and Lamb, like Kindred, is my favorite probably, personification of death in mm-hmm. media. And like I, I will stay on mm-hmm. that soapbox till I die. Like my my death god that we homebrew for Strixhaven, his sentinels are inspired by Wolf and Lamb. I think also you and I fucking stay out here sending each other these like League of Legend cutscene things. Yeah, hopefully oh, at each other because it's like really good character inspo for other stuff that's going on. And we're like, I don't know shit about League of Legends, yeah. but I do know that these cutscenes slap. Like, I'll make a do. blind search on AO3 to see what comes up. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I want to know what's going on with these two individuals, but I don't want to go through the raids to know. <laughs> I feel like League of Legends kind of like, I like how it branched out in terms of like content that it came out with. Cause like, I feel like a big component of the League of Legends, you know, I don't, I don't know what to call it. Like, like conglomerate. I don't know. (laughs) It's, is the fact that there's like different mediums, you know, that music videos, they have like, you know, like just different things that people do. That yeah, like are Arcane considered part of the world. So yeah, good. Arcane was so good. phenomenal. I based most of our homebrew campaign that like our home game is based off of like the Arcane style city, like the um, upper city. Yeah, yeah. My friend is he's doing a Bilgewater thing. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's fucking cool. Yeah. What other games have you? I mean, okay. So, are you guys dungeon masters players? We are. Yes, but both. Both. Yes. Nice. Nice. Both sides of the coin. Yeah. I'm a. I'm a DM. Mostly a forever DM. But I'm lucky enough to have a regular game. One regular game where I play. Yeah. So we we started. I mean, we were we met in a. Me and Mariah met in a much prior campaign, an Eberron campaign that got cut short because of like life things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we subsequently afterwards started a Ravenloft campaign where we met the other people that we currently play with. Um, Ravenloft. Yeah, Ravenloft. Ravenloft is such a good setting and that's situations around that game were so traumatic and that's such a huge injustice. We have to mm-hmm. cleanse that at some point because it's such a good setting. Yeah, we we are trauma hoes and that was beautiful. Death House was my first ever Halloween game. Oh, nice. Mm. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was like, like we got, we just woke up in the, in the never ending fog. And then like, we just kept walking and we saw the kids and I immediately, I was like, nope. I was like, nope, I'm, I'm not about any of this. You the know? only correct response when you see uh-huh. children in the fog. Yeah. She's like, no, I'd rather not. About to drop kids. Yeah, like, like, but I was also a paladin, you know, 
Oath of Ancients Paladin. So, you know, you I... I'm an Oathbreaker real quick. <laughs> <laughs> like float fast. down here shit away from me. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but we, we got into Ravenloft, and then due to uh, that whole situation kind of falling apart, we were kind of left in the void, D- DM-less. Mm-hmm. And I was the one that was like, well... I, me and Mariah had like the most experience out of a yeah. collective group. It was going to be one of us. And uh, most of us at the time lived in Houston. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it's got to be probably hosted here. And then I have just this collection of TTRPG books that I've been buying because I just like to see them mm-hmm. there. Beautiful. Like I do have all the monster. <laughs> I just, I just want to know that they're there. And mm-hmm. so eventually I just was like, well, I have the stuff. I have everything I need. I've already invested in what it means to be a GM. Yep. And mm-hmm. so I just presented them with what I had. Yeah, had them pick, pick a book. A few of the, like, and then Eberron, like I think Radiant Citadel, and yeah, maybe one more. And we all thought Strixhaven sounded fun. yeah, like a fun little magic college thing. And so I was like, oh, cool okay. turntable. Oh, how the turntable! It's still very fun. It's, it's still very fun. But I know my I know my audience, and I know they like trauma. So exactly. it, it is a little darker <laughs> than a than a traditional Strixhaven game would be. But it was very much yeah. Like I opened the book, and I was like, cool, Magic College tossed that shit over my shoulder and then i was like the the books itself is like hey strixhaven can be set anywhere so just drop it somewhere yeah and i was like yeah and so i had a world that i had already kind of built with some friends in like a role play server that had been struck it was funny Mm -hmm. enough i built that world prior to arcane releasing like very shortly before that was like post ocean's pride post ocean's pride prior to arcane releasing and i built that world and I, I, again, don't know dick all about League of Legends, mm-hmm. so I had no context. And then that show came out, and it was wonderful because I was like, this is exactly what I'm picturing when I think it about the world. Some, like, finishing yeah. touches on it there and the art from Really helped nice. visualize it. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I, you will best believe I 100% fucking yoinked a bunch of that art. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yo, did you guys see that thing? This is, this is a random thing, but um, yeah. I'll, when you mention art, and I and like ADD brain, you know. I yeah, went, yeah. oh, you know, giving giving my players, you know, visual reference for things. Dungeon Master screen that like has the the, the screen that slides in, and you could connect it to your laptop and like post images on the dungeon. Yeah, Master screen. yeah. There's oh, like yeah. A, there's a there's a guy out there that's producing those, right? Yeah, I seen those. I want one. <laughs> I know, I know. I got the idea from him uh, because like I have a friend who does she makes a lot of stuff with wood and has like one of those like they burn it can burn the designs into the wood and things like yeah. that and so yeah, she's like, like if you tell me like a, a solder yeah and not a solder it's like it's like an it's like i know a it's a wood burning though there's yeah. a name for it though i just don't know um and so she does that and so she's like if you make a blueprint make the design tell mm-hmm. me what it needs to have or whatever and so i was like okay i went on this whole goddamn thing where I saw that that he makes and I was like that's fucking dope but what I want because of the way that I run my games I need my computer at the table and it is mm-hmm. such a hassle to bring that bitch out every time and bring a monitor all that stuff and so there's these like portable monitors that you can get for like fucking 70 bucks I didn't I don't even know those super existed cheap, yeah. but were you just yeah, like super, emerged super from cheap. that hyperfixation and you're like look at this tiny square computer and yeah I like, yeah what? I was like I was literally on this case I was like I just need to be able to run browsers so there's many computers that are literally the size of the palm mm-hmm. of your fucking hand and then I was like if I can get like mm-hmm. two to three of these monitors and I yeah. can have one facing y'all and like two on Artificial. the inside of that screen facing me mm-hmm. and then that third part of the screen can just be like my resources or like a little shelf for me or whatever yeah. yeah 
I was like, that would be ideal. So I can have the thing facing y'all. And I have my two monitors where I can have all my resources and shit. But then your I don't notes, put, your initiative yeah. tracker. Yeah. And I have just like this little tiny computer mounted on the inside. Mm-hmm. And then I just have to have like a fucking like Bluetooth keyboard and mouse. And that way I have no fucking wires. It's lightweight. Mm-hmm. And like I can have all this free real estate for all my other shit that's back oh, there. Yeah, all your dice. Free real estate. Sorry. Free real estate. Yeah, and I went on this whole thing because of those videos of that guy, and I was like, "Little tower end of store dice." Yeah, because I'm like, I don't need. I I want it like the way that he does it, but I want it a little more, a little more techie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one of the like that also speaks to one of the beautiful things about like you know TTRPGs and and the the community in general is that like there's so much like creativity and like there's such a big collaborative element, and you see so many talent to like tell stories and um. I don't know, just make, make things, um, make cool shit. Mm -hmm. And then also was able to experience is that you can save a lot of money by like, you know, just looking for like inspiration in little places, you know, like, let's say you have like a really cool, like bottle, plastic bottle that you got from like a store or something, you know, it's like the special edition soda bottle. You could turn that into like a uh, like a wizard's tower on a bigger building mm-hmm. with like the right box glued to it you can cut it in half and like make it into terrain you know like i i know i i'm a terrain producer you know i 3d print with resin and you know like paint do the whole nine but like you don't even have to do all of that like it's you can there's there's like no wrong ways to do it you know yeah we also like in our in our previous campaigns we're all in i met that dm uh had a thing where he would use like Hershey's Kisses or like different candy for the like enemies that are like the monsters or whatever. And mm-hmm. then when you killed them, you got to eat the candy. And like, that's kind of, it was a very too. good, very good. Re- mm-hmm. It's a reward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I've, I've, I've seen that before. I've, I've actually saw like, I don't know. It was like a Tumblr post about doing the same thing, but like with shots. <laughs> but I'm like, that's a bad idea. I would alcohol tolerance you know. what it used to be. I can't be out here like that. I have a high alcohol tolerance, but <laughs> I, I ain't about to be out here. Like I don't enjoy drinking enough to, to yeah. warrant that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, that's wild. Maybe like, I like, like I like a very candy. small edible. Candy Maybe on a one shot you know night. If you're doing yeah. like a holiday one shot. Yeah, you know, I could do that. You, do, you could get themed like snacks and candy for that as well. To be fair though, Mariah, you and I are used to playing six to Hours. eight to ten hour long games. Yeah. And that's much that's much game to just be that's taking like shots day, the whole like night. Drinking. <laughs> but if it was a, a a normal like three hour game and like at yeah. some point there's combat in there. That could be doable. I could like dice up an edible and just have like a little sliver of like, a gum bear or something for everything I kill. Or what's, the, what's the longest game? A little you've social sliver. Eighteen hours. Eighteen hours. It was the arc finale for my strict seven character. We took breaks, but it was eighteen hours of gameplay. Yeah, eighteen hours of gameplay. Damn. Yeah, it was a uh, buck wild. It it was very it much was, a game that I was yeah. like, I prepped them beforehand because I was like, we have like two to three sessions worth in mm-hmm. a single weekend. And because we play that and then the next day we play another another game that's DM'd by a friend of ours. So I get to play in that one. But yeah, that game, I was like, we have much ground to cover. Yeah. So we knew we were going to be starting pretty early in the day and going pretty late. We told you like what scenes we were doing, like prep and what we were doing up to it. And like we had that structured out. We knew how things were going to roll. And it was just like we had preset in like breaks. Yeah. And things. But we very much knew we had a lot of ground to cover mm-hmm. and that 
ideally it would all be done yeah. at the same time. So yeah, we, we went to bed at like 5 a.m. and then woke up and played five hours of combat the next day. And I yeah. was like, I have no brain cells. I was running on fumes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. I've done a session like that. Maybe not 18 hours. I think it was eight hours. Mm -hmm. It was a game that I ran. I'm actually one of my proudest moments as a DM. I like took two tables and like made like an entire section of the city. And like the players had to battle through the city and then get to this tower where this mind flayer was taking the top of this dwarven city and turning it in. Any players of mine, whoever listened to this, I would stop at this point, <laughs> but uh, get forward two minutes. Yeah, yeah right. The, to summon the Nautilus fleet of mm-hmm. the uh, Mind Flayer, so they can make home base to wage war against the Gith. Incredible. And then, like, That's open really it cool. up into a like a spell jammer, op- like first frontier kind of game. Yeah, eight hours of combat is wild. I do not have that yeah. do- particular well, dog in me. No, it, it wasn't all um, combat. Okay. Definitely wasn't all combat, but like it was just an eight-hour session to like wrap up the arc. So mm-hmm. like it was a it was a party reunification. Then there was like you know NPCs and reconnaissance. Then there was like a lot of planning. There was a lot of them just talking and figure out what the fuck they were gonna do. The, the lead up to that, yeah, you know, because that's what happens. And and then it ended up with a crazy, fiery, explosive battle, you know, on top of this tower. Yeah, I do always feel like the arc finales in a TTRPG game, or like when you're you're when you're starting to come to that wrap up, they do always just guaranteed they're going to take a while no matter what your metric is for what a long campaign or long session is mostly because it's like you as the player know you're about to go into some shit yep and you're like we gotta we gotta prep a little bit before we get too deep in the shit yeah there's the lead up and we got to make sure we got our fucking ducks in a row. Mm-hmm. We got to, like, yep. you got to go shopping and, and get if your shit and like ever your... played at a fucking table with anybody when the, your players will take over an hour to decide whether or not to open a goddamn door. Yeah. How yeah. long they're going to take I mean, knowing yeah. they're about to go into a fucking beefy battle. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Exactly. No, that, that is the tr- absolute truth. That is the absolute truth. I had been similar to Ollie of like, I tossed around the idea of DMing for like a bit and I was nervous about it. And kind of when we were in that previous campaign, I had fully told that DM, I was like, you can't play in any game I'm at until I'm more comfortable. Cause like, I just, I did not feel like he, that was going to be fully cooperative. And I'm like, yeah. I'm not going to do something new and then have like, in fairness, he was like a perma DM. So he liked to be a little chaos goblin when mm-hmm. he got to mm-hmm. play. But I was like, I can't take all that energy my first time doing it. So yeah. like, I had been thinking about it a lot and then kind of similar. It's like, I slowly started collecting the books and I've been like a LA by night and New York by night fan for forever. Yeah. Like, uh, and like for Ale, Abria, Iyengar is like the person that really helped her see that she mm-hmm. could again. And Abria is mm-hmm. a big one for me as well. But like Jason Carl, who runs LA by Night and New York by Night, it was mine that really, just because yeah. the way he runs those games, I was like, yeah. oh, this is like still really interesting and cool and dynamic, but it's also something I can see myself doing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah it doesn't feel like I have to do like 10 years of voice acting work to like get to where I can run again. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's, it's a good thing to remember that like, you know, some of these, some of these actual, like you have to find your voice and that's it. It's like you, you, the more you play, the more you get used to it and you don't have to be, you know, and like someone else's dream because you're yourself, you know, this is that, 
that Battle of Ironforge that the party was trying to like. Oh navigate. yeah, this. Is oh, nuts. that's wild. That's so cool. Yeah, for our listeners, it is quite literally two tables, like together, and there is just a whole whole little village situation going yeah, there's on like in a here. City wall. There's some city outside the wall there's leading up to a tower. Oh, this is sick. That's really so cool. cool. Yeah, it's so the idea was is that there was it was a dwarven city known as Ironforge and each section of the city sat on a shelf and then as the center of the city kind of like sat in the center of the mountain like sort of like a body of water that sat in the middle that went like deeper into like ancient dwarven catacombs or something like that and um the tower this that was the tallest tower nearby where that was on the far end of one of the parts of the city. Yep. So, and that, that little, that little pool, that purple pool is where, uh, the mind flayer was trying to, uh, you know, clone an elder brain. So that way they can send a signal like the whole, the whole game. I kept telling them, I'm like, Oh yeah, you see these random, like silver plates just like, you know, fastened to the wall and like no one picked up on it. No one said anything about it. And really it's like their satellite dishes. <laughs> Goddamn. Ooh. Mm-hmm. And they're, he's trying to send a, a text message to the Nautilus fleet. <laughs> a, hey, a hey you up text. He said, bring the brain. What you, what you doing? <laughs> mm-hmm, <laughs> Come mm-hmm. through. Literally. Oh. Yeah, there was a moment, a brief moment, where like it sent out a giant psychic wave. And like I think I'm just going to have the Nautilus fleet just crash in anyway, because why not? Who knows? Yeah, I, know. I, I, haven't, I haven't waited yet. I haven't waited. I need to sleep on it. If you've already made the minis, then you got to use them. Yeah, right. I've, I've already. It would be. I was going to ask. Did you print all those? Not all of them. Uh, mm-hmm. Some. A lot of the dwarven buildings on the lower level. I I printed all the buildings on the lower level except the tower. The tower. That's just the uh, Dungeons and Dragons like tower. Um, oh tower yeah, that TM. big boy. Yeah, yeah. Two of the buildings on the top. I printed like a couple of them, a handful of them. I actually just like bought they went that were 3d printed by a company and then the taller buildings on the top level the ones with the uh the smokestack and the stone chimney the two smaller houses in front i believe and the one behind the one with the like brown roof on the right hand Mm -hmm. um those are actually buildings that my co-host on my show made from garbage oh i love Mm -hmm. that Mm mm-hmm he just made them completely from scratch and never ceases to amaze me the kind of stuff he does. He's actually crafting a new building on the show. You can kind of see some of the process on the 25th of this month, which is, I believe, January. I love that. I ha- I have that that same thing in me, like, especially since I was little, I would always, I was always just such a low maintenance child. My mom could give same. me cardboard and I would just start constructing things yeah, out I of was cardboard. Only, I was my parents' only child, so like, yeah. I could entertain myself. Yeah, I very, well. very much in line because my, my brothers are like 10 and 12 years older mm-hmm. than me. So I was very much like in my own little world. Yeah. But I, I would, I remember when I was little, I made this thing out of cardboard that was like for my little Neopets, but I basically constructed a high rise apartment apartment situation mm-hmm. with a pool on like the fourth story and yes. a working elevator yeah. from pulley systems and my mom was like is she gonna be an architect and I was like jokes on you nah <laughs> and but I loved it I was very uh, invested in it and like there have been moments especially now that I've started GMing that I'm like I could just make things I know it's so I tempting. could just do it and like I want 
I want desperately to have like more 3D elements in our games. Like but terrain. I, like, and stuff yeah, like, like terrain, and just... buildings and things like that. And uh, most mostly... similar, but I do, even the minis that I have right now make me a little itchy. Like mm-hmm. the only ones that don't, like character enemies that I've made, min- I'm sorry, character minis that I've made on Hero Forge. Because like those are my children and I love them. But just like the random ones, I am one of those people that get like a little, yeah, I want to crawl out of my skin when there's like too much clutter. Mm. So it just, and like I, it's like things like It's the space dust. element of yeah, keeping all that. It just makes me want to break out in hives. Yeah. Like, which is like, you have a lot of like the skinny minis mm-hmm. and they can just go in a binder. That was my I'm compromise like, with myself. I was like, I don't have space. That's good shit right there. Yeah. yeah. Those flat, flat soldiers. <laughs> flat flat soldiers. right in there. To put them in a filing cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> Just Papercraft like that. Train is cool. yeah. Actually, I think my first ever boss battle that I did, I did on like a poster board. I just drew out the map. I like drew out the grid. I like made the, the building and like colored it in like old school style. Mm, nice. It was a, yeah. On that picture too, uh, as an aside, those tiles on the bottom level are all made with insulation foam. Mm-hmm. And all you have to do for those of you who just want uh, like an easy way to make like a lot of floor real fast is you get those insulation tiles, right? From like, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, whatever, whatever you got nearby. And that sells that sort of stuff. A square of it is like four bucks and it's like two by two. Or you could get like the, the big square, which is like, or the big rectangle, which is like absolutely massive. You know, but if you don't need that, you don't have to get that. Either way, it's pretty cheap. And all you do is just like take like Cheapo Depot black acrylic paint, just like Mm -hmm. all over the whole thing. So that way you have your base coat. Then like uh, take, actually, I would do this before you put the black paint. You, uh, you know, etch in with like a, like a marker, the exact floor design you want, like whether it's bricks Mm -hmm. or like an intricate like floor thing or just like a path or something like that. You could just do that. Then the black paint. And then dry brush it with like some white acrylic paint. It'll you don't have to like mix any colors because the white yeah. and the well black. like start It'll blending with the black right. a little bit. Yeah. 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 Cool. If you want to get wild, you could steal some sand from like a dog park or a playground or something, mm-hmm. and then uh you know just like etch like a road, and then you just put a little Mod Podge down and sprinkle that dirt all over, man. Mm-hmm. And you have primo primo city city streets. The curse of growing up with a crafty mother who like made a bunch of stuff for like our classroom yeah. parties is now there's the uninhibited urge to steal sand and then go to Home Depot and procure insulation <laughs> foam. Right. Just go straight after this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Arts and crafts, man. It's the realist. I, I know. Just, I, yeah. I love crafty stuff. And like, I, I love painting. Like once I have more space, I would like to actually start painting again. I've just refused while I'm in an apartment because I can't have again get itchy when get, there's get clutter. The, get the clutter. Yeah. Once I yeah. once I do have a, a a space again, that's like one of the first things I want to do is I want to have like a dedicated room where I can start like organizing all of all of those like terrain pieces and other if you things. You want me to help you organize them? I will do that. Yeah. I love I love a good plastic container. I need a system. For the madness, because I've I've really held myself back by tooth and nail and white knuckles uh, to not purchase a bunch of like three dimensionals. I have STL files and I have a person that's willing to print them for me. And the way that I'm chomping at the bit. (laughs) Yep. I'll tell you what, like having 3D printers just because I so my situation is I have like a room, which is like my workshop and like my streaming command center. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's like one section of the room is just like desk and like series of camera stands. So I could like stream my maps to my players 
And then the other side of the room is Santa's little workshop where I have like a resin and an FDM printer. I have like a, like a giant resin printer. Cause that's like, that's cool. you need to make a lot of stuff. You need a big printer and just don't, being able don't to make, me, don't give me that access. What's the biggest thing you can print with big printer? I mean, in theory, you could like 3D print a whole building. It's just takes a really long time, you know, because okay. you got to print if each I, little bit. If I happen to be coming into the possession of a pretty hefty tavern STL file from an undisclosed location. We may contact you after this episode. <laughs> uh, please, by all means, I'm happy. I'm happy to help print. It's, happy it's to help. coming in on the second month of my You know, it's a... I I think the biggest file I have right now is like, I don't know, like a set of like Mandalorian armor or or the Spartan armor from Halo. But my favorite large thing that I have right now, which is a a sentence. (laughs) You did say with your whole out of context. Yeah. Yes. We'll we'll, um, we'll clip that for the teaser. I have, I bought on Etsy uh, an STL for Fjord Star Razor. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ollie's not seen that Critical Role campaign, but I haven't. Yes, Xandria mm-hmm. is a fun. Xandria is a fun little uh, situation. It is. Yeah. I really want to get the Xandria um, books and run something in there eventually. But again, like time. Both the Explorer's Guide to Wildmount is awesome, and then the Taldori one is crazy. The new Taldori one, the new like, Taldori one, Taldori Reborn, I think is what it is. That one looks mm-hmm, so Taldori Reborn. Yeah, I've like looked through it. I actually bought the first Taldori campaign setting right before the panoramic started. Mm. <laughs> the panini. The panini. <laughs> the panini. The forbidden panini. Mm. God. Oh man, I could use a panini now. That actually does sound good. Mm-hmm. That forbidden panini. I, I do. I do owe the forbidden panini for my TTRPG obsession. That's true. That, Same. Honestly, that yeeted yeah. me full force into it because I was like, I had nothing but time. Yeah, I got sent home from like the office, and then yeah, that was how I got into it as well. I was fortunate enough to uh, be living with some friends in a house at the time, and like we all got like I used to be a utility worker. And all my friends are like carpenters and are like government contractors or something. And we all just got like furloughed or like laid off at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we lived in New York, um, which is where I'm from. They had really good benefits in the state of New York. It was like nice to that we were able to just like kind of sit at home and play a lot of Dungeons and Dragons. That's awesome. You know, yep. That stimmy money hit. And, you know, we we went off on a, that's kind of what the stimulus went to Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. It could be like that. Oh God. You yeah, know, I was I was living in an apartment and I had a roommate, but she was an ER nurse. So then I never yeah. saw her. <laughs> this is when you were still out yeah. in Austin. Yeah. I was still out Before in Austin. We did not know each other. At this no. Point. And so never saw her. And she was staying at her boyfriend's who lived closer to the hospital anyway. So I was basically living in this giant, like 17 square foot apartment by myself mm-hmm. it was nice it was real nice but yeah i was just like cool what the fuck do i do with my life and like i'm by myself and we couldn't justify obviously getting together because like it dangerous yeah uh, mm-hmm. and so and i wasn't necessarily like into i i hadn't even like touched online games i didn't know how to find one yeah. that was like not uh, a yeah. thing for me at all and then it just got yeeted full force into like D tiktok shit Mm-hmm. And that that just like took over my life basically yeah. <laughs> from there. Oh God. Yeah. I hold it that we are in a TTRPG renaissance and it's only going to get better from here because yeah. so there's something interesting that happened 
when uh like i believe 3.5 went into fourth edition right mm-hmm. um when fourth edition came out like no one wanted to play it right so what happened is there created a lot of innovation in terms of like role playing of like third party creators you know mm-hmm. producing like role playing games and whatnot and then fifth edition came out and then it brought attention to the role playing game sphere now depending on how things go you know it could it could happen again where like an another edition isn't so well received because of you know worker treatment and whatnot and it could create like, for, like you know up and coming game creators to make some cool stuff yeah yeah, well, and I'm interested to see how that goes, like, as they try to, as in, like, D&D, mm-hmm. like, 1.0 or whatever, which, like, I'm, all my stuff is in fifth. I'm too entrenched. I refuse to change. Yeah. And, but there has been such a resurgence of really cool third-party content, third-party TTRPGs and stuff. So mm-hmm. it's, it'll be interesting to see how that all goes. I've also seen a lot of people talking on the, on the tone of, like, the, the hobby as a whole has shifted and changed a lot uh, over the course of you know i mean the game's been around forever um but like we're now kind of entering a new age of it where i think it's less about crunch and it's more about role play and the the stories that are being told especially with mediums like critical role and like dimension 20 which still have good combats that they engage in but you're you're not coming for the combat you're coming there for the yeah. story you're not watching a five-hour yeah. stream for yeah exactly combat you're it's like you're watching like a movie one yeah week. <laughs> so it's shifting more towards an emphasis on that and like i've seen even things like i know there's a kickstarter right now like it's called like mcdm or something like that and it's a new system that is being made at the moment but it's getting a lot of traction i think it's like it got fully funded in like a minute or so interesting but it is very much more into us it's a system that is more towards the role-playing aspect and mm-hmm. even the combat does the mechanics of the combat are geared to be more role-play mm-hmm. focused interesting and i need to look that up i try to stay off kickstarter especially lately because it's, it's, it's a dangerous it's a dangerous, yeah. dangerous it's, it's a dangerous slippery slope yeah but uh mm-hmm. i've been seeing ads for it and i've looked up a, a bit on it and stuff and it looks really good and i'm i'm very interested especially because we we do these certified role-play role-play yeah. hoes but i love that not only just independent like TTRPG producers and creators are shifting more towards that, but even the big names and the big titles are starting to shift towards that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That'll be, that'll be really interesting to see play out. And I mean, that's a similar reason of like why I kind of cast my lot in with Vampire the Masquerade mm-hmm. as well, because it is so character focused and RP focused. And I like combat isn't why I come to the table, but I do enjoy yeah. a lot of aspects about mm-hmm. combat. But I knew that I would probably not enjoy running the combat. Yeah. So, so just like if I, I could, they have like a three rounds and out rule, and I'm like, that's perfect. perfect. I mean, that's pretty good. That's that's a pretty good rule. I tend to like run not necessarily like long combat, but I definitely just don't just throw combat at people just like willy nilly if I feel bored, you know. Like I feel like there has to be a reason. Like even on the roll tables that I use to like roll for encounters, there's like a rhyme and reason. It has like a rationalization within the context of the world that the players are exploring, you know. Like I feel like just having combat just for the sake of combat isn't the movement, you know. 
And I also like to view combat as like a problem solving thing. Like what other ways can you resolve this issue mm-hmm. without necessarily exactly. throwing hands? <laughs> yeah. You know, like recently did an encounter. So I plagiarized, just kidding. I didn't plagiarize anything, Mr. Mouse. Um, Atlantis, <laughs> uh, the Lost Empire uh, for a D&D game. I like took some themes. I don't want to get a C&D. <laughs> online and uh they were like right outside the city and they had to fight these uh, automatons um mm-hmm. there was like a puzzle within the room in order to shut the automatons off and like i made the room super deadly so that way like they have to figure it out fast or they would all just die you know? yeah I think so, definitely adding those elements to combat where there is like an there is some other way to kind of deal with this thing makes the combat more engaging and more interesting. Sure. Yeah. I struggled a lot with combat, especially like in our campaign. I always felt like my encounters were just like a little bit bland or like not hard enough. And I was just like really struggling with it. And I think I found my swing of it, ironically enough, in your arc finale. Yeah. Because the the combats that I had put there were for were again for a reason, and y'all managed to get out of them either through charisma or the encounter right before the big boss. I felt like was pretty challenging because like I I downed one player, so I'm like okay, I did I did a thing. Yeah, and there <laughs> and, was a lot. There's t- there was timing aspects in like that last fight, and there was just like a lot of that looming dread of like for yeah. all of us, especially for me, of like kind of having a rough idea of what we were going into, and then getting into that final. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of ways that could have played out. I had at least like six different scenarios in mm-hmm. mind, depending on how things worked at different courses of that yeah. combat. So it felt like everything was pretty fluid the whole way through. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Have you guys ever had a uh, a character perish in the throat yeah. of combat? In a one shot, uh, yes. In, like, a set campaign, no. I've plotted the death of a character. I've had characters die in their backstories. Yeah. But I orchestrated the death of mine because I yeah. was ready to go into phase two. Yeah. I was do the same thing yeah. in the Ravenloft campaign. We just didn't get to, we didn't get to that point. Yeah, but that. it wasn't ever, like, a character like a death that happened death organically. Where, yeah, yeah, it just happens. And it's like, oh, we have to deal with it. Yeah. I had a character death, and it wasn't a one-shot, but it was a one-shot with, like, side characters who were mentioned in the main game it was like happening elsewhere mm. because there's great war going on and there's allies there and there's like one or two people who are like npcs because me and my friend were running in the same world or whatever and uh it was a very sad death it was it was like i was like oh no poor guy it's heart-wrenching it's heart-wrenching yeah, to, right. to have mm-hmm. a character i've had very close calls Oh, and I've sorry. had to have those moments where I'm like, I got to come to peace with the mm-hmm. fact that this bitch might be gone <laughs> in yeah. the next mm-hmm. couple mm-hmm. roles. Um, and it's heart-wrenching because like you've you've poured a lot of yourself into, into those characters and those moments where you do have a character death. I mean, I'm very much of the mindset of like, I will always honor my roles. If it, if it sucks and the dice just hate me that day and my character dies, like my character dies. Like that's, yeah. that's just it, what it is. It do be like that sometimes. It do yeah. be like that. I think I'm yeah, a Or as Frank Sinatra would say, do be do be do like that. I think I'm a blend. Like, and I've, we've talked about this before with vampires. Like I, I set, I, I wanted to set the stakes early of it's like, mm-hmm. truthfully, and no one, including myself wants me to start having to roll dice against a lot of the NPCs that they're, they've met in, in oh, our fall of London yeah. world. Cause they're all elders. And it's like, I don't, I need another set of fucking BTM dice to, I would have to borrow your dice to do bodily harm <laughs> to your characters. 
But it was like, I wanted to set the stage. And I'm like, hey, if you come in just dick swinging in a locker room, it's not going to end super well. But if it makes sense, like narratively, I'm into it. But like, yeah, I'm not, I don't think I would kill anyone's character. Purposely. No. No. Yeah. Without, it can be a, a cor- the natural co- yeah. course of your own actions if you do some dumb shit. Yes. Right. I mean, yeah. Or even that, like, you always that. Get, yeah, you mm-hmm. may get put into, you know, torpor and get, you know, stored in someone's basement or something. Yeah. Like, there's into, other put things. Put into vampire timeout for a yeah. little bit mm-hmm. so you can think about what you did. Take a long nap. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, yep. Kill, yep. Killing off characters is always, like, it's hard as a player, but it's hard as a DM, yeah. too, because... I, don't know. I have the general philosophy, at least in our game, because of the fact that we're we're at a fantasy college and it's it's not meant to be that dangerous until no. we get into certain areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it's very much more like the majority of the time. Yeah, if you fuck around and find out, you might get injured. But there's plenty of people on staff at that college that could come heal you or whatever. Right. I'll pull some Hail Marys and make sure you don't die yeah. somewhere. Yeah. That, that wouldn't be narratively satisfying. But we do enter, like, in arc finales when we are going into big fights. Yeah. That's when I'm the like, hey, off. the gloves are off. Whatever happens from this point forward is going to be what it is. Yeah. So if yeah. someone goes down, they go down. And we're going to honor mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And then, and, but, like and then once y'all graduate and you are no longer under mommy and daddy's wing, yeah. then the gloves and, and you're going off. out into the big, big world and going yeah. on big quests, that's full gloves off. Then by no matter what. Internships, you're getting your... Uh, like level 10 and yeah. like we should be able to stay alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you don't, that's on, that's on you. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Those early levels are brutal. Like it, you do not have a lot to work with y'all did scrap with some rats yep those those are those those are scary sometimes you know like like three levels especially if you're like weird level one is terrifying because you're like a strong breeze could knock me the fuck out if you play caster at level one it's like i have five hp yeah I was like, why am I even here? If a small child trips me, I should go home. <laughs> I shouldn't be. Hey, man, you know, slips, trips, and falls are one of the leading causes of death in this country, right? Don't become a statistic, all right? Three points of contact when going up and down stairs. Fail a dexterity Honestly, check, yeah. my guy, to see what happens. I feel that in my actual life. Oh, my God. Uh, we we are actually coming up on time though but this has been awesome freedom oh, thank, thank you so thank much you. and you know on. thank you for your patience with my technical difficulties oh, you're good so honey good. it happens we've been out here struggle yeah, busting we've had it mm-hmm. <laughs> i spent so much money on equipment so that way everything works right and then like mercury goes in gatorade or something and all of a sudden it yeah. doesn't yeah i do be like that i've had like we are recording on an xlr mic and a mixer that i've had for a minute but i haven't used and then, mm-hmm. like, on the way here, if it's like, oh, we got to break this bad boy out and run to a Best Buy. I haven't been in a Best Buy in like a year. <laughs> but, like, we were got in there, had to get some adapters and to, like... Some shit. We were flying know, by the seat finagle, of our pants. Finagle. Yep, yep. Yesterday, yep. when I was filming the show, like, I needed two microphones because there's two dudes. And I was like, um... I have enough XLR cables, but most of them are like zip tied to my desk. So I think I need to go out and buy one because I only have one. Not exactly mobile. (laughs) Yeah, I can't really move these hoes. Yeah, because, you know, I have the cable managed nicely in here and I want to keep it that way. Yeah, Yeah. that's a big mood. I want that at some point. I need like a bigger desk, but I want to have like, I need to figure out some sort of little setup for like the mic in this mixer and stuff where everybody can just have their spot that they live in for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Thank you so much for coming on, Freedom. If you want to one more time just 
give a little plug about where people can find you and what you're doing and any cool projects you got coming up. Yeah, sure. You can find out about me at ThunderWizard10 or yeah, ThunderWizard10 on Instagram, Total Party Paint on Instagram for information about our new show. It'll be on Twitch and YouTube with the the information to be posted on the Instagram. And also, if you are looking for 3D terrain um, and you want something that's like, you know, reasonably priced, accessible, and you need some, you just come to my website. It's really easy to remember. Thunder you need some, come get games. some. You need it, we got it. <laughs> Thunderwizard.games. That's all you need to know. And if you want, if you want something specific that I may not be listed in the shop, send me an email because I do commissions. If you want a battle map and you have like a timeline, this we can work something out. And uh, I, I'm I'm happy to help. You know, make your games more immersive. So let me know. Awesome. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you so much, Freedom. Um, thank y'all. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah. Thank, thank y'all so much for joining us for another episode of Table Talk, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Table Talk is a podcast brought to you by Mythos Media Productions, bringing you a new episode every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Find us on Instagram and TikTok at Table Talk RPG, or check us out at our website, mythosmediaproductions.godaddysites.com. All business inquiries can reach out to us via email at info at mythosmediaproductions.com.